Okay, sorry guys, uh, we got lost connection, so I'm not sure where I left off, but I want to go back to verse 6 here real quick. It says, there, Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. You know, what was this disobedience? Not entering the promised land. Actually, let me rephrase that. The disobedience was unbelief. If you read Hebrews 3 and 4, God calls this lack of believing God disobedience. He, he, he calls it, he actually calls it rebellion. That God brought them out of Egypt and bring them into the promised land. He told them in Numbers 33 that there would be giants in the land. He told them ahead of time what would happen. He told them that there would be giants. He told them, but they need to believe God. You know, look at, look at our day and age. We're living in end time events right now. COVID and other things going on in our world. God, through Jesus, Paul, James, John, Peter, they all prophesied that things would happen. And yet some of us have been out of shape. And I'm not saying it's, 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 it's easy what we're going through. That's not my point. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be insensitive by saying that. But at the same point in time, our trust and our reliance needs to be on Jesus. We were forewarned these things would happen. Maybe not in this manner and whatnot, whatnot, but no matter what happens, we need to trust Jesus. And everything we need is in Christ Jesus. And the author is painting the picture here that our trust and our reliance on Christ's completed work is the rest. It is the Sabbath. This rest this Sabbath that we are to enter is to trust in God's completed work. And that works in any generation. That works in COVID, non-COVID. Whether it be the end time events or not the end time events. Whether it be the end time events is not really the issue. The issue is trusting Christ. Because even if on our best day, even when everything's going well, it's dangerous not to trust Christ. So the issue is not what we're going through. The issue is not the generation that we're living in. The issue is, are we resting in Christ? Because this trusting in Christ's finished work is the rest. It, it is the rest. That it, it is the rest that was prophesied, and it's the rest that was, is available for us today. Let's go to verse 7. And again he does make a certain day, saying in David, today, after such a long time, as it has been said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. They, Paul, I mean the writer of Hebrews says that they hardened their hearts when they didn't enter the promised land, not entering his rest. He calls it the hardening of hearts. He calls it, uh, earlier, he calls it rebellion. I don't want to rebel against God because I've hardened my hearts. You know, they... Israel, when the first generation left Egypt to come into the promised land, they hardened their hearts against God's word, and they believed their own report. When we believe our own report about the situation, except what God says about the situation, the Bible calls that hardening of hearts. Jesus dealt with his disciples about that. When they focus on the storm, when they focus on the... Uh, the uh, he had just fed the multitudes for the second time, and he says that they hardened their hearts. They had not committed some great sin, some great debauchery or murder or whatnot. Jesus called it the hardening of hearts when they didn't believe in God for miracles. 
when we don't believe in God to do the miraculous, when we don't believe in God to do that, God will uh, fulfill His word. That's hard, a hardened heart. That's a hardened heart. We're going to deal with this chapter, this verse, a little bit more. Uh, the heart in our hearts a little bit later in our study, so I'm going to come back to it a little bit later. But let's go to verse 8 for now. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. Let me just speak on this real quick. Some of your translations, especially the King James, I'm reading for the New King James, but the, 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 New, the King James will use the words Jesus here, not Joshua. Why is that so? Because in the Greek, the word Joshua and G Jesus are spelled the same. Yeshua. Or in the Hebrew, it's Yeshua. Okay. And so, uh, there's a translation thing. But in context, we can see that this is not speaking of Jesus. We know that Jesus is omnipresent. But that's not the point we're making here. Jo Joshua is the one that delivered Israel to the promised land. Literally, naturally speaking. Not Jesus. That makes sense. Joshua was the one there. Okay. That's just a little side point. Um, it's not speaking of Jesus, it's speaking of Joshua. He says that if Joshua bringing the people into the promised land had been the fulfillment of the rest, David would not have spoken of entering to his rest 400 years later in Psalm 9511. Okay. That makes sense. The Jews' occupation of the promised land is not the rest David speaks, spoke of. Go to verse 9. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. And, how, and, and, that, and this rest that we have for the people of God is through our faith in Christ Jesus, what I've been speaking of so far. Now, I'm not going to have time to finish this, uh, but I'll speak a little bit toward it. Verse 10 is really the key, key verse for this whole, whole chapter, this whole section. Verse 10. It says, For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his own from his works as God did from his. I'm going to read that again. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. This verse reveals the rest. This verse reveals the purpose of the Sabbath and this rest that we're speaking of. It is ceasing this rest, this Sabbath, is, speak, is ceasing from our works the same way that God has ceased from His works at creation. We're going to look at this a little bit more uh, in the future weeks. We're going to use some other verses. John 5.16 speaks to that. Uh, talk with me real quick. We're going to refer to this, but I'm going to speak to this a little bit more later. But go with me. We're going to come back to verse 10 here. Uh, go with me real quick to John 5, 16. It says, For this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, you might not see the total connection. Uh, but Jesus, if you, if you, let me just say this much right now. Most of Jesus' healings, if not all of them, were done on the Sabbath. That speaks a lot right now. Uh, and they wanted to kill Jesus because he did works on the Sabbath. But see, man sees healing as a work. But God doesn't see it as a work because it's something he already fulfilled. He already fulfilled the work. It's just receiving what he's... God did the work. Okay? 
And so uh, we're going to see how healing is a fulfillment of the Sabbath. It goes, to, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, if you caught my point. If we will rest in his goodness, he will take care of everything. Because everything that we're looking for, healing in this respect, is in the seed. When we, when we are resting in the seed, his word, everything, including healing, is a byproduct. Okay? We'll come back and we'll spend more time on that a little bit later. God created everything to procreate ever since God has been resting. Okay, sorry. I'm just reading my nose out here, out loud here. I'm trying to make a point here. I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. God, and I made this point just a minute ago, how God has created everything to procreate. God has not been making it. God has not been making new apple trees. God has not been making new banana trees or new, new calves and dogs or whatnot. He's created everything to procreate. Ever since then, God has been resting from his work. Why is he resting? Because he created everything perfectly and completely as it was designed to. The Old Testament, again, is a type, a shadow of the New Testament rest. It was not the rest itself. It was a shadow of the rest. Okay. But remember when we also went to Colossians, we also saw that there were Sabbaths, plural. I'm going to speak of two different kinds of Sabbaths. A weekly Sabbath and a, a yearly Sabbath. Sabbath. Okay. And we see this in the law. We're not going to necessarily go to scriptures. But this rest, this weekly rest, six days man ought to work. But the seventh day, man, has a rest. And why do we do that? And I still believe in that. I don't, I am not obeying that law to fulfill that law. Because I believe that God has made the Sabbath for man and not man for the Sabbath. I believe it's good to work six days and take one day off. I think it's healthy. I think it's the way God designed our bodies to work. I think it's good. And I think it's wise. And I think it's a, uh, more importantly, I think it's a way of worship. I worship God trusting that God is my resource. When I am trying to strive to work seven days to make my ends meet, I'm trusting what I'm doing and not trusting God and His Word. God's told me in His Word I can work six days and take seven days off. The fulfillment of the Sabbath is Christ, yes. I'm not taking away what I'm saying. But because Christ is my, my provision, not what I do, He blesses the work of my hands. And I'm, I am to work diligently. I'm not to be passive. I'm not to be lazy. I'm not to be complacent. But even as much as I work, I'm not trusting what I'm doing. I'm trusting what He provides. My employer, my, my paycheck, my salary, my, my customers, my clients, however they pertain to you, is not your source of income. God is. You work diligently, as Adam did. Adam rested, but he still had to take care of the garden. He still had to be fruitful and multiply. But he rested in what God provided, trusting God as his word. And God has not only provided food, God has not only provided shelter and clothing and provision, he's also provided rest. He designed us to rest. You can't go 24 hours a day, you need to sleep. 
the body heals itself better when you sleep. It, I, I don't have all the science, I don't have all the stats, but I've read articles after articles after articles through the years how the body rejuvenates through rest. There's more healing taking place. The bar, body recharges. The body even, even it grows the most. Your body grows, as a child especially, it grows the most when you're sleeping. Your body, when it, when it has that total shutdown, the way God told it to, 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 to function, the body uh, just heals and rejuvenates and, 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 and wants us to recreate some, some cells and everything the most while you're sleeping. I don't have all the stats and, 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 and facts together here. I'm just, I'm just getting a synopsis of what I've heard through the years. But God, resting is a very powerful, very beneficial thing. The, the number one medicine you can do when you're sick is sleep. And so, um, God, at the same point in time, we're not supposed to be sleeping 24 hours a day either. We recharge and we go back to work. But we don't go back to work striving. We trust and we work hard. We work diligent. And we might like that adrenaline rush and nothing wrong with that if that's why you do it. But if you're doing it because you, you're thinking, i got to do this because I'm trusting what I know. I don't think God wants us to burn the candle on both ends. I don't think he wants us stressed out. But I think he wants us to work, us to work diligently knowing that he is our provider. That make sense? I, and I can elaborate more on that. But I believe in, in, in you know, devoting the day to worship God as a family, as a church family. You know, I had a partner one time when I was working at in and out in high school. He, he was having a, a dialogue with me. He says, you're a Christian, right? Yeah. You go to church on Sunday, right? Yeah. He goes, uh, well, if everyone had to work on Sunday, I mean, if everyone went to church on Sunday, then no one would be working. I go, well, if everyone's going to church, no one needs to be working. They're at church. And so, you know, I just, uh, uh, it's not something I have to do. It's something I want to do. And, and we, we, we continued the conversation. He goes, well, why don't you go to church on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday? I go, I don't have a problem going on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. They're, they're actually the early church went to church every day. But our church meets on Sunday. So if I go on Monday and our church is meeting on Sunday, I'm going to be the only one there. <laughs> I go, I want to meet when we all meet. And we all chose a day, a time in the day every week where we come together and meet. And I'm okay if, if the circumstances were, were to be that we all met on Monday, or we all met on Thursday, or we all met on Wednesday. I'm okay with that. And actually, I, I prefer meeting every day. That's the way the early church did it. And I'll, I'll get to that later in our study. But it just, uh, I think that's the more, more New Testament approach, is meeting every day. Not just one day a week. But at the same point in time, I believe there's something very awesome. I'm meeting once a week knowing that God's my provider. You know, it's niche, naturally, this does not make sense. It, it does in a physical way, as I, I talked about. But in the Old Testament, when the Jews took the Sabbath day off, and other nations didn't do this. Other nations didn't have a Sabbath rule, or Sabbath day, or Sabbath law. They worked seven days, Jews worked six. But it says throughout history that... Israel was more blessed by working six days than the rest of the nations were by working seven. God honors His Word. And when we rest in His goodness, 
And part of that goodness is knowing you have a day off every week. That's just one of the benefits. Knowing that God is your source. You know, I've had several jobs. A handful of jobs. I've had at least eight jobs that either didn't like me. They stopped. They was, I, uh, let me rephrase this. I'm, I'm talking. All my jobs I've had, I said, I, I want Sundays off. Not to be legalistic, but that's when I want to go to church and that's when I want to be with my family. And most of my jobs were very receptive to that. But every once in a while I got a job that didn't like that or they changed the rules. I even had a job where I was in management. I got demoted because the rules changed. Every time I had a job that I got demoted or something happened where uh, I was denied my Sundays, that job, that business, either that employer, that manager, or that business went out of business within a very short amount of time. Every single time. I had eight times where that's happened. And all eight of those times, that job, that business, or that manager was uh, removed, replaced, or the business itself just went under. It's just a matter of time. You know, I, I, I don't have all the reasons to explain that, but I'm not doing this legalistically. I'm doing this to honor God and His Word. But I'm not doing it, I don't feel like it's a law. I feel like it's something God blessed me with. It's my choice to, in one sense, to trust God and not trust God. And I'm not saying so much, let me rephrase this. I am not obeying God legalistically. One of God's going to judge me if I don't take a day off. That's not the way I look at it. I believe that's wrong. But I believe it's a way to trust God and His Word. I believe it's a way to honor God and His Word. And when I do that, I am blessed. And I'm blessed to have a day off. Okay? And so, um, and so I just, I, I find it just to be very healthy. But, let me just wrap this up in closing. I'm just about out of time. Just like there was a Sabbath day of the week, the Bible talks about this, especially in Leviticus chapter 25, that every seven years, Israel was required to take a whole year off. Every seven years, they were supposed to take a whole year off. Now, I don't know about you, taking one day a week, some people can handle that. But taking a whole year off. Now, how many of you would vote for a whole, one whole year vacation? I think a lot of us would do that. But this was the other thing to it. In that whole year, they were not allowed to sow or to reap. That means when the, 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 the fruit trees produced their crops, they weren't allowed to go gather the crops. They weren't allowed to go get the fruit off the tree. They, they said that they were supposed to leave it for the beasts of the field of the poor. That's what it said. God said this, but when God said this, he said, I will give you a triple harvest in the sixth year that will see you to the eighth year. It got, again, God, the supply is always there before the need. God created the heavens and the earth, and then God created man. God, through Christ, provided salvation, and then he, re and then he, he gave us, allowed us to be born again through Christ. He provided this, the, the supply before the means. And the, the, the Sabbath rest, the Sabbath year, pointed also to Jesus that they weren't just, that God was their source. 
that if they trusted God and His Word, that He would give them a triple harvest in advance. Not afterwards, but in advance. That they knew that if they did the right, they, they heeded God's Word, they could gather this triple harvest in the, in the sixth year. I mean, they'd have such an awesome harvest. <coughs> they had to do what they needed to do, though, to preserve it. Some of it had to be preserved. Some of it had to be, you know, butchered and all, whatever they had to do to, to, to preserve it. I don't know all those, all those things that you do. But if they did it right, they had a triple harvest in advance with a whole year off. I mean, it saw them through the eighth year. I mean, it was so much. I mean, they were not without. They were with more. They had triple what they needed in advance. And they got to do this not just once, but every seventh year. That's awesome. And you continue to read it. You know, some of these festivals, some of these holidays, what we call holidays, were also, also Sabbath days too. So they had some other ones in the, in the middle of here. And also, they had Jubilee, which we talked about before. Jubilee was a Sabbath year too. The 49th year was a Sabbath year, and God promised it. So that means two-year vacation every 50 years. And some of these people live 700 years. Every 50 years they got a two-year vacation. <coughs> and God promised him also in the book of Leviticus 25 that they would receive a quadruple harvest in the, in the 40th, uh, 48th year that would see him always in the 51st year. You know, trusting God, when we, again, this points to my main message here is that when we rest in his goodness, he will take care of everything. And sometimes that includes a whole vacation. With a quadruple harvest in advance. God is good. All of this. And I want to end with this. And we'll come back and pick this up next week. And I'm not quite done with this 10th this, uh, verse here. All of this pictures that God is our source. When we will trust God at his word. When we will trust what he's provided for us in Christ. All of this Sabbath, all of this rest, doesn't point to what we did or didn't do. It points to what Christ has done. It points to Christ being our source for healing, for provision, for even to live holy and rightly, to do good, for wisdom, for provision. And even as we studied in our last series, for him to restore all the ruins and all that needs to be restored in our lives. We need to trust that God is our word. All of this points to Jesus. It all points to God as our source. We work. We yes, and it all points to how we are to work. We have a job to do. We have a labor to enter into our rest. We have a job to do. We work, we sell. But God brings it all points to trusting, resting in Jesus, resting in his work. It all points to us ceasing from our works and resting in his work. I'm not that what that's not saying. That's not saying that we cease from our work, meaning that we don't work. No. It means that we stop trusting us as the source. We trust Stop trying to earn our own righteousness. We stop trying to earn our own goodness. We try to stop earning from our own holiness, our own uh, godliness. 
We work, yes. We work diligently. And he blesses the work of our hands. But we trust his beauty. We trust him. We rest in his goodness, knowing he will take care of everything. That's worship. That's the Sabbath. Because he's already taking care of everything. Entering that rest means receiving what he's provided. Adam resting on the eighth, the seventh day, eighth day, ninth day, tenth day, also meant receiving what God had provided at the tree of life. We need to receive. We need to learn how to eat from that tree of life. We need to learn how to receive what Christ has provided us, healing, wholeness, provision. If we will receive all that God's provided us in Christ Jesus, we can be fully equipped to go do what God's called us to do and reach the lost and reach the sick and reach people. Fully we receive, freely we give. That's all talking about Sabbath. That's all talking about entering that rest. Because when we're resting, we're equipped. We're rested. We're, 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 you know, I can, go, I can do a good day's work when I'm resting. If I don't get a good night's sleep and I don't eat well, take care, I'm not healthy, I can't do very much, if anything at all. But when I'm rested up, I'm ready, and I'll go do the day, let's go do it. But if, if I'm not, I'm just dragging my feet and, and uh, whatnot, you know, I'm just, I'm not the par. I can be, I can show up to work where the lights are on, but nobody's home. And I've had many days like that. And we have to learn how to rest in His goodness so we can be productive. So we can have a job to do and there's work to do. But we need to labor to enter in that rest. Okay? Lord, we worship you. We exalt you. We magnify you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your promise. I hope you are making this clear to all of us. But help us to rest in your goodness. Help us learn to rest. Lord, some of us need to lay low. Some, in a sense, we just need to chill. We can take a chill pill. <laughs> just rest. I'm not calling us to laziness. I'm not calling us to complacency. I'm calling us to rest in your goodness. That you will bless the work of our hands. That you will bless our pocketbook. That you will bless our jobs. That you will bless our families and the things that we're doing. Bless it in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. God bless you. All right. God bless you guys. We'll see you tonight at 6 o'clock.